delivering over video. I'm an accountant, buddy. I'm not a I'm not video nerd like you. Uh, hey, some people swear by this. Some people hate it. All I'm gonna do today, I'm gonna share my journey with delivering stuff to clients over video. It was a positive one. Uh, I'll share my workflow, uh, how I rolled it out across the team, and some of the reasons why I think we don't do it. Uh, and like just kind of how, how to, I don't know, get over yourself a little bit uh, because it's something that's ultimately good for the clients, ultimately a win for them, I think. So come on in to Thursday's installment of Jason Daily. Let's do it. Okay, way back uh, in yesteryear, uh, it was like super early days Loom. How long ago would that have been? Uh, I, th- I want to say the first Loom I got, man, I remember when Loom was like this new cool thing and you got, it's kind of like when, when you first saw Calendly, you're like, oh yeah, well, duh, that's just better. And then the first time you got a Loom video, you're like, wow, well, this person rolled out the red carpet for me wow, what a production, when all it was was like a screen with a little tiny bubble with them in the corner of it. But they made you feel so darn important. This was like something you had never seen before. You're like, wait, this is like this is like somebody made a YouTube video, but just for me? Like it was this amazing novel thing. I don't remember where I first got it. It might have been Ignition. It might have been, oh, was it Tom from Ignition? Uh... That may have been the first place that I saw Loom, but I jumped on it pretty quick. Uh, and initially, with when I started doing that, I didn't want to have a little talking bubble with my head in it, right? Like, looking at yourself, that's weird. Hearing yourself is bad enough. But having to look at yourself, too, that was... I couldn't handle that. So I turned the little chat bubble off, and I would just record stuff on my screen um, and use it internally <clears throat> when it was like I had to show some team members how to do a thing. That was literally faster for me to show and walk through than like to put a guide in a Word document or something awful like that, right? Uh, So the ability to like show somebody something on a computer, that was how I first got started with video. Um, And then I started doing it with clients a little bit more. And almost always it was a really positive thing where like maybe they're having trouble with a payment or like trying to find something on a website or a thing in QuickBooks. And and I got to the point where it was quicker for me to like do a 20 second recording than to explain an email. And when it comes to showing somebody how to do a thing on a computer, it was better. It was just better. And a huge percentage of accountants jobs now, now that we are pushing clients into the cloud and to use our systems and stuff like that, it's just showing people how to do things on computers. like. It's actually shocking the amount of time that is that is just that when it comes to client support and training new people. It's a whole lot of showing people how and where to click on stuff. Um, <clears throat> so eventually, I was like, "Hey, this is the thing. I'm this is the thing. I'm going to invest more in it." And what first appealed to me about delivering tax returns and financials over video was I already knew all the questions that they were going to ask. And I wanted to answer them and give them time to process those answers before I had to talk to them. Because I think what a lot of us do 
uh, is we will do a delivery meeting almost like out of a, a sense of duty to like validate and reinforce the value of the thing that we are giving them and not doing that delivery value, not doing that delivery meeting maybe feels like it devalues the deliverable a little bit or something. Um, but what I've learned that I despise in like all contexts is springing anything new on somebody in a meeting because rather than meeting to discuss the impact of that thing you just sprung on them, what you're just doing is watching them process that thing you just sprung on them in real time. And I don't care how quick on your feet you think, people just aren't wired to like be able to have this thing sprung on them and then have really anything intelligent or thoughtful to say about it. So particularly in situations where, I think it was tax return deliveries where I started, uh, because we, and it was around the returns that I was afraid to deliver because it was a bad result or there was a surprise or something like that. Um, especially in those situations, I learned the best thing for me to do is deliver the news and then schedule a meeting to talk about it after they've had some time to process. Because you get on a call with this person and you're like, hey, surprise, you owe half a million dollars. And they're like, that's a bummer. Um, what children, what organ, what car am I going to sell uh, in order to pay for this? And then that's what the call becomes about rather than anything actually constructive. And so I think that's where I got started was I had some some sticky ones I had to deliver and it was a lot of things. It was me not having wanting to have to face it head on. There was some of that. It was me wanting to wanting them to feel cared for and as if I rolled out the red carpet and went the extra mile and did this extra thing for them. Um, but ultimately why I ended up doing that with like virtually everything I delivered was, you know, when you send over those things, like clients are going to have a bunch of questions oftentimes. Sometimes they won't, but oftentimes they will, certain clients. And explaining all of those questions, like pre-explaining all those questions in an email, I don't feel like it really works that well um, because oftentimes they get to the questions that you're trying to get out ahead of later. And then you got this big old long email. Nobody likes reading long emails. And just showing them while you talk about it was just a fundamentally better way to get out ahead of those questions so usually it would eliminate the most common questions altogether and oftentimes could actually save me having to do a meeting. So what I eventually settled into was I would deliver it over video, but then at the end of the email, I would put my calendar and be like, hey, if you want to connect and discuss this, let's do it. Here's a link to my calendar. And that also has a little bit of a VIP feel. And depending on how you frame it, like, like, hey, you're giving them access. Like, they've got access, and they can put something on there if they want to, like you're doing them a favor. And between the novelty of video and still extending the offer to schedule a meeting, they really appreciated it because it was, at the end of the day, a more concise way of, of delivering that information rather than having to get on a call together. But I wasn't necessarily, like, taking anything away because I was still happy to meet. And then when we did meet, it was only when it was necessary and it was a little more to the point and constructive. The other really nice thing about video deliveries 
is because oftentimes you're able to do it in lieu of a live meeting, you can do it asynchronously, which means you can do that anytime. You don't have to do the hokey pokey of scheduling a meeting with the client. You don't have to stop what you're working on to meet with the client at a specific time. And we talked about asynchronous a bit the other day, but there's just so much value to me in being able to do things asynchronously because our days are already just so chopped up into tiny bits. And if you have a meeting every hour and you have to stop what you're doing and go meet with somebody for 15 minutes, like the meetings themselves are really draining, but I feel like you expend a lot more energy. You obviously lose time context switching, but I feel like it just requires more energy of you to put something down and then pick it back up and then put it down and then pick it back up. And if you've got a whole bunch of clients you're delivering tax returns to, uh, you know, let's say you're in the heat of busy season and you're shipping out 10 of those things a day to get you off the hook, even for half of those meetings and be able to sit down, record a, you know, take three minutes to record a video going over the return. And we'll talk about more about what that looks like in a bit. Um, but to just read the return, shoot that little video, send it off and be done with it. If it gets you off the hook for half of those meetings, man, it was such a time saver for me. And I think my clients, by and large, generally preferred it to like the traditional way of meeting. At the very least, it made the actual meeting much more constructive. Um, Some other benefits to delivering stuff this way, man, it reminds clients that you're human. If at one point in our accounting practice, we mandated across the team that if you're going to send financials anytime, any financials that we send to clients have to be accompanied with a video. Because most of these, we're doing monthly closes for, I don't know, 80 clients or something like that. And by and large, these financials would just be emailed off to the client and that was it. And I don't, I mean, the vast majority of time is the client actually looking at that? Probably not. Uh, And so when that's like all that interchange is, is you requesting information from them from time to time and then you sending an email with some financials attached. Like they're not reminded of who's on the other side of that and like the value of what you do and that you're an actual person trying to help them and all of that. And so when we initially started sending videos with all those month-end closes, the response was 75%, this is phenomenal, 25%. Who cares? And it was probably the people that weren't opening those emails to begin with. But to me, that is a win. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, But uh, it also, for me as a manager, helped my staff to develop more relationships with those clients. Because it's one thing to like start copying a staff member on communications with the client, and then eventually that person just starts emailing the client it's another thing for them to see them every single month and hear their thoughts every single month it makes it way more likely for the client to call them and makes it much more frictionless for future communications with that staff person because they feel like they know them more so which it's kind of dumb but like i think that's just kind of how our our human brains are wired um similar to how it's easier to work virtually with people that you already have a relationship with and like people that you've met in real life and all that 
when your team is delivering things over video to clients and they see your team on a regular basis, I think your clients are much more happy to work with that team um, if you're trying to delegate some of that stuff. Uh, but the same also applies to you. Like whether that's your team, whether that's you, like they're reminded of the human that is behind the work. And it's easier to be mean. It's easier to be frustrated. It's easier to, to feel these negative emotions for somebody that, um, I don't know, you kind of like pigeonhole in your mind into like filling this role in your life and not actually being another person with their own kind of thoughts and, and views on the world and what you do. This episode is sponsored in part by Finn Daily. Finn Daily, ever heard of it? Entrepreneurs, let me tell you, they don't have time to focus on their numbers, but Finn Daily solves this problem by sending business owners an automated daily email. You know what automated means? You don't have to do a thing. It just sends, it goes, goes right on out. It includes key metrics, bank balances, and accounting for about a buck a day, a dollar a day. You know what? That's less than the cost of a cup of almost anything these days. Uh, in addition, FinDaily allows the emails to be white labeled, i.e. slapdap firm stamp on there, putting your accounting firm top of mind with clients because that email's sliding right into home every morning. Try my brain, child. It is. I did I did make it. I created FinDaily. I don't own it anymore. Try my brain, child, for free. Uh, link in the show notes. Go check it out. Pretty cool. This episode is sponsored in part by Client Hub this week and Tales from the Hub. You remember last week's super smart accounting firm, totally a real firm, fixed their client request process by implementing client tasks and Client Hub? They're leveling things up. They discovered Client Hub's internal workflow features this week. They use it to track deliverables. And they were wowed, wowed when they found Client Hub's magic, magic workflow. It's GPT power and Client Hub. Stop the music. Keep playing the music. It is still an ad read. GPT power built right into Client Hub. Give Magic Workflow a few words that describes the work that needs to be done and it will generate the initial task list automatically with AI. Now super smart accounting is no longer putting off documenting their processes. Within a week, they're all set with their client work and detailed processes. It's all captured in Client Hub. Somebody want to take some PTO? Remember that episode from last week? Unlimited PTO? No problem, because somebody else can pop on in, do that work, because it's all documented in Client Hub. How's your documentation looking right now, bub? Hmm? That's what I thought. That's it for this week's installment of Tales from the Hub. Learn more about Client Hub, the link in the show notes. Another thing it was great for was sort of planting the seeds of, of getting clients more interested in what you do for them. Um, clients assign varying levels of value to the things that we do for them. And oftentimes the frustration we feel with clients that are like, that don't respect us comes from you assigning a higher value to what you do than the client does. And you know, the difference in those clients, when you have those clients who absolutely adore you and like are so thankful for what you do. And they're the ones sending you the gift baskets every holiday and all that. Um, the best example we had of this was, uh, we did a lot of back office stuff for dental clinics and we had a gal who ran a clinic and she had tried to get this back office and accounting stuff done a hundred different ways over the years. She despised doing it herself and it had always gone sideways a myriad of different ways from the accounting to the bill pay to 
having to give staff like visibility into more financial stuff than she actually wanted to payroll errors, like everything you could imagine. And she'd been doing this for a couple of decades and she came to us and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. Where have you been all of my life? And was happy to pay us whatever we were going to ask her to pay us to do all of this stuff because she had just, she assigned a different level of value to what we did for her because it was such a headache for her in the past. And this is where sometimes like first time business owner clients can be a challenge because they don't have that perspective of having gotten it wrong before. But video for me actually became a really good way to get people more interested in the work that we did for them and ultimately value it more. Coming from a place of, you know, client comes in and they've never had, you know, correct, reliable financial statements on a recurring basis to great. Now they've got financial statements. And, and when they come in, they're always like, I've never understood my numbers. It just needs to be done correctly. And then you start sending them their numbers and they have no idea what the numbers mean. You're just you're emailing them financial statements. They don't understand how to read them and how to make them actionable. But when somebody actually sits down and it's not a big lift, like it's not a deep dive. It's like a, the, the rule we set for our month end close video deliveries was the videos had to be under three minutes. So we're not asking much of the client. We're not asking much of the staff. It hardly takes any time. But as, as they see how you look at those documents and like what sticks out to you, they themselves in a really bite-sized way better learn how to make sense of them. And oftentimes then a little bit of kind of that natural curiosity kicks in as they start uh, better understanding their own numbers and what exactly uh, are the things that you're talking about. And then when you deliver that stuff month over month, if they're engaging with it, you can kind of kind of build on that and kind of teach them on the fly uh, as, as they kind of get those deliveries each month. And oftentimes it leads to <clears throat> like, upsells into more like valuable advisory work and and like almost always deeper conversations into why things are the way that they are um like why you know a specific amount was so much more than it was the month before um it's a way to go deeper and deliver more value to the client that i genuinely think doesn't take any more time than doing the same over email like this is not a big time commitment and I think the, the biggest counter argument I hear to this, besides accountants just being like, this is uncomfortable for me. And it is like everybody when they first do this new thing and see themselves on video and hear their voice and all that, like that is human nature for that to be uncomfortable. But the, I think the biggest counter argument I hear to this is my clients don't want it or my clients won't watch it or my clients don't even look at the financial statements why would they watch a video about their financial statements if they won't even open the PDF file to begin with? And my thought on this has always been, it's not as much about who doesn't want it as it is about who wants it. And so sometimes people will go down the list and they'll be like, oh, this person would actually look at it, this person won't, this person will, this person won't. I think when it comes to video deliveries, it is one of those actually like very few things out there that you can do that provides a disproportionate amount of value relative to the effort that goes into making it. So take a month end close or a tax return or something like that. 
that's a good sized project that like uh, hours go into and a lot of work and thought goes into. And then we just kind of throw chuck it out the door uh, and expect people to derive some sort of value from it. When you've already done this body of work and there's like less than five minutes more that you can spend that like, and in that, in that less than five minutes, that little bit of extra work that you're doing delivers such a disproportionately large amount of value relative to all the work that you did, like in the rest of the engagement. And, you know, our, our technical accountant brains are like, that's dumb. That didn't save them any money. That didn't like, you know, that didn't really change the outcome at all. But we have clients who genuinely like, they assign as much value to that little video as they did the underlying work itself. And when we talk about specialization and your job as a firm runner to like constantly be looking for the person for whom the problem you solve is more painful because they'll pay more, they will they will appreciate what you do more, you're getting into a more nuanced problem that you solve. So much of firm running comes down to finding those little things for which people will assign a disproportionate amount of value. And video is an opportunity here. And so if you roll out video and half of your people like it and engage with it, and half of your clients, I say people, let's talk about clients. Half of your clients like it and engage with it, half of them don't. The people for whom, the people that are engaging with it, like what is that value they assign to it? Is it like, is it another 20%? Is it another 50%? Like what what is that value that they assign to it? And then how do you build around those people who value what you do in the way that you want to deliver it? If ultimately what's leading your decision-making is the people on your client list who won't work with you the way that you want to work with them, like that's called being trapped. Like that's, in my mind... I need to build my practice around like who my next dream client is. And it's really easy to fixate on who the clients are that I have today. But like if if those are the only people that I ever serve and I and I ever optimize for, we're never growing to something like better and more valuable. And video is a great example of like that one thing that like there's going to be people that who absolutely love it and are dazzled by it. And if you do video, I think you're kind of desensitized to the novelty of it. Loom's been around for a while now, but it still like knocks the socks off of people. Most people, when you send them a Loom, they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you went to this level of effort. When you're like, buddy, do you know how much freaking work it was researching all that fiddly stuff in your tax return? You have no idea. And so it's like, it is arbitrary and maybe not correct, but like, that's just what people are going to, some people are going to assign value to. And for me, anytime I would stumble into something like that, that people loved, I was like, okay, like this is another dimension on which we can specialize. And so like video is an example of something that's not like an industry specialization. It's not, uh, not like, I don't know, one of the traditional dimensions by which people specialize, uh, with clients, but it is something that you can literally have on a landing page. That's like, Hey, this is what it's like working with us. You're going to get like a personal touch from someone like delivering this stuff over video to you every single month. Look at how cool this is. And then the people that come to the landing page and see that the ones that will be amped about it will be the ones that value it. So like, you've now got this hook 
that will pull in other people, that will give you something that most firms don't have on their website. And it is whether it's a good thing to do or not, ultimately it's attracting a more specific type of person that values that thing. And like those are always the things that I'm that I'm looking for. And then as your reach gets bigger and that referral network gets better, you keep getting more specific. You're layering more things in with that until you get to the really specific person who's like, oh my gosh, I need this. And that person values you 10x what your old client list valued you. I used an analogy on a Twitter thread a while back uh, that this is this is like one of many things that you do to get to a more specific type of person. I said, everybody knows what a taxidermist does, but instead of being a taxidermist, be the raccoon taxidermist who excels at fighting poses and can pose them in tiny chain mail. Uh, like, what are like the things that you can layer in so that when the right person gets to your landing page, they're like, oh my gosh, I've been looking for this person. Please take me. Where can I sign up? And when you when that is your client list, and it's not this hodgepodge of all these people that like value you to varying degrees, it is obviously a much more profitable place to run a firm from, but it's just so much, so much more fun of a place to run a firm from because these people appreciate you. You can truly be an expert. Like the more specific those people get, the more the specific your advice is and the more you can like truly like know what you're saying when you're talking with them and give them helpful advice. And for me, like video was one example of a thing that some people loved that we could double down on to like find that person that assigned a greater value to what we did without spending a bunch more time. Now there's a whole bunch of other like peripheral benefits of learning video. Um, but just from a nuts and bolts standpoint, video is one of those things where nobody, nobody identifies as somebody that does video until they do video. Like I didn't have the, and I had, I had never done video until about four years ago and I didn't have this latent, like person inside of me that was just bursting to get out that is like, I need to be on video every day with people watching me. Are you kidding me? That's uncomfortable for me today, let alone like four years ago. So that is completely normal. Like recognize that hearing your own voice and all of that is hard. Uh, But that's also a great reason to do it because a whole bunch of people won't. They won't be able to get over that. And so you're already putting yourself ahead of like 99% of people who are not willing to do that. And for me, I often look for those sorts of things because it seems like an easy way to kind of get ahead if I can just get over myself. Um, But to get started, like don't overthink it. Like we set the bar so high for ourselves or you watch one of my videos or you watch a video of somebody that's done this stuff for years and and you're like, well, this isn't as good as what I see over there. Thus, I am not cut out for this. That's not how it works. Like getting good at anything starts with being okay with being really bad at it, right? And just getting a bunch of repetitions in. So don't overthink it. Don't worry about like your background. Don't worry about your camera. Just use your webcam or your built-in like laptop camera. Like the client will not care. I still think Loom is the easiest way to get started. A thing that I love about Loom, such as Loom.com, 
is that after recording, it has a built-in super simple editor where you can clip stuff out, like remove little bits. Because the biggest thing that people get wrong that drives them to frustration when they're starting with video is they will be a perfectionist and they will stop recording and restart it if they make a mistake. And if you've tried to get into video, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then you're like 10 takes into it and you're like, all sweaty and exhausted and everyone is getting worse. My best tip for getting started with video, do not, so hit record and do not stop until you've said everything that you need to say. And then remove the the bad bits after the fact. So if I'm talking through a thing and I stammer, or I say the wrong word or something embarrassing, just go back to the beginning of that statement and start talking again make a mistake, no worries, like go back to the beginning of that statement, start talking again. And then with Loom, like you can literally on the timeline just select the bits you want to remove and it cuts them out. When the client watches the video back, there will be a cut. And so like if you're an overanalyzer like me, you're going to be like, oh, the client's going to see this video with, with cuts and they're going to think that's so weirdly high effort. And you know what? Nobody cares. Like you are so like, fixated on what people are going to think of this thing that you're doing where everybody else is so self-centered that all they're thinking about is what's in this for me right now. Like that's the reality of how we all are. Like they're not fixated on, oh, I can't believe this person's this or that or their makeup or their, the, what they're wearing or like people care about that way less than we think they do. Hey, this episode is sponsored in part by Dark Horse CPAs. Ever heard of them? Hey, in an age of rapidly evolving AI, Dark Horse CPAs has decided to entirely abandon the computer and go back to doing everything by hand. Bold move. We'll see how it works out. They believe that public accounting is rooted in miserable toiling. So to deprive accountants of the pride and bragging rights of working over 3,000 hours a year is a slap in the face. Sure, they could use computers to work half the hours for five times the... What is this ad read? But what is an accountant if not burned out and underpaid? Sure, they could be known to their family and actually have relationships with them. But the truth is, accountants just don't like people. And if you're looking for a firm that will exercise an undue amount of control over your life and actively participate in the decline of your physical and mental health, you should get in touch with the overlords at Dark Horse. I feel like somebody that doesn't like Dark Horse just bought an ad on this show. This is tongue-in-cheek. They're passively seeking mediocre talent to fill roles that are obsolete to the modern accounting firm and would appreciate the opportunity to stunt your career growth for as long as you'll let them. Check out the link in the show notes to Dark Horse CPAs to learn more. But the, like, the more you can do this, the more the easier it does get to like get over yourself and the discomfort and all of that. You just got to make that bar really low. Like You got to give yourself some grace. You got to make it as frictionless as possible to hit record. Like my rule of thumb is um, you basically have to be able to start recording like within 15 seconds. Otherwise, your lazy butt's not going to do it. Even if you have the best intentions and you're like, okay, I'm going to get a camera. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Whenever I record a video, I'm going to set up my desk this way. Or the return behind me has to be clear of stuff. You will always um, underestimate your future levels of laziness. That's just one thing I've learned about myself is I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm totally going to do this. But if there's like any friction, I won't do it. So you have to make it super easy just to hit record 
And that's about just keeping that bar really low, like take going easy on yourself, like it doesn't have to be amazing. Your client's gonna be freaking like, you're gonna blow their socks off just sending them a video. Um, Now, one thing that made this a lot easier for my team when we pulled this in in a team context is I just made like a, a document for here's the process for doing literally every single one of these deliveries. And this might be easier for you, especially if you're starting out with video and there you can freeze up a little bit and be like, oh, what do I say next? Or did I forget something? When we, we started doing deliveries for financial statements, I literally just built a document that was like, here's what every single introduction looks like. Here is how you go through the balance sheet and here are the things that you will talk about and not talk about. Here's how you go through the the profit and loss here are the things that you will talk about and not talk about and here is like a sign-off conclusion and like it was turnkey it was almost a script and we've all seen i mean if you prepare and review financial statements like you've seen enough balance sheets and PLs to be able to see like okay relative month over month yes office expense was up because i hopped into the detail and i saw that this and that you know and so we just ha- kind of had some guidelines for what are the most valuable things to touch on on each financial statement. And that made it super easy for people to start because they could have that up like on on one side and, and run through it uh, with the financials on the screen. And it was almost like speaking from a script and it's gotta be under three minutes, so you're not gonna say much. Um, but that made it like really super, I mean, it made it much less intimidating for people to do it. Because if you just say, tell clients about financial statements, like that wasn't spooky for me, but for, for for some people on the team that was spooky, if maybe they hadn't already done that a ton. But also when you're first learning video and and that is kind of a different type of pressure, having that structure that you created for yourself can make that a little easier for you. Eventually, you don't really need it and you, it kind of takes on a life of its own. And like for me, the the deliverables for each client would kind of take on a life for their own as it would build on the conversations that I've had with them month over month. But you got to start somewhere. And especially if you're rolling that out across your team, which you should definitely do uh, because it will build that closeness with your team members. Um, then that, that like initial instruction doc could be helpful. Uh, I know a lot of folks that swear by this and do this on all the things that they develop or that they deliver now. Um, I'm sure there's situations where maybe it isn't the right answer. I myself loved it, especially as we've moved away from doing a lot of in-person meetings and like live meetings with clients. I think it's a good time efficient way to still get your face in front of their face and remind them that you're human. Uh, one shower thought that is related, like there are very good reasons to lean into video within your firm. But video is also one of those skills that like is going to be valuable to you the rest of your life, no matter what you do, especially with AI generating text at a shocking rate. Like people, I think, are going to assign a greater premium to like the human touch. And in a couple of years, we're probably going to be able to generate AI videos that are like very convincing but when somebody works with you, they want to hear from you. And like being able to communicate things in a compelling way over video and speak confidently and persuasively and all of that 
that is a skill. Nobody starts out with that stuff. It's developed over years. But like video is just the future like of human communication. Like what where else is it going to go? Um, I don't know, maybe virtual reality and stuff like that, but like the the interactivity and and how you I guess perform like it's all the same. So like there's there's certain like skills that I think you can develop that will always aid you. Video is one of them. Public speaking is probably another one of them where when you can do that really well, it can get you into rooms that will open up a lot of really cool opportunities for you. I think copywriting is another one of those. Uh, like in an age of overwhelm, being able to write something concisely that will get someone's attention, that will get a very specific type of person's attention, man, I think that's a big, big unlock uh, kind of in the internet age where we're all buying for attention. Uh, what else? What else are those like skill sets that you can develop that are sort of force multipliers for everything else that you do? I've always said like the most prolific people that we look up to and, you know, maybe they're like a person that gives a bunch of talks around tax topics or whatever it is. I think those people are generally prolific because they have this skill set that is adjacent to the actual subject matter expertise. So the only reason anybody's here listening to me is like I figured out how to make interesting videos around running accounting firms. And I know some stuff about running accounting firms, but I'm by no means the authority, you know, on firm running. And I'm super transparent about everything I know about firm running. I've stolen from other people and I've kind of tried to like pull that together into my own model for for how to approach this stuff. But the only reason that you're here is because I started posting online, is because I started creating videos. And like that is why I have all of these, you know, relationships that I have now. And many of the people that in the industry that I idolized a few years ago, like are friends now. And like I'm I'm just feel amazingly fortunate for that. But if all I did was run firms, I wouldn't know any of y'all. I wouldn't have built any of those relationships. So like what is that adjacent skill set that you can develop that will aid you forever? Like I could go do anything and I have this video muscle like skill that I can exercise in anything that I do. It is like cross-disciplinary, doesn't matter. You know, if I learn a new technical tax thing, like there's limited applications where I can plug that in, but like this is one of those things that I can use everywhere. So like what are some of those skills? Um, Maybe talking to language models now, like that could be something where if you can whisper the secrets out of a language model like ChatGPT, maybe that's something that'll serve you no matter what you do. I try to invest like my personal development in those things that are not necessarily just that thing that will help me in the, in the stage of life that I'm at today, but are like a foundational thing that will improve everything that I do. And when you stack up a few of those investments and become that weird like polymath type person, like an accountant that can run accounting firms, that can do video, or like the accountant that, you know, can do a podcast or is a really good writer or like what is that cool kind of unique combination of skills that you can bring to the table that will open some really exciting doors for you. That's all I got on deliveries. Uh, if you've got experience doing video deliveries, feel free to share it below. Um, it was a big one for me. So uh, if you give it a try, let me know. And I'll see you tomorrow.